that it counts down. Joseph Gordon-Levitt hit record. It wouldn't be a recording if you didn't do that. You know, he's doing a, um, he has a new movie that is so Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's playing a, a, a teacher. I was about to say he's playing like a young, white, optimistic teacher, but that would be who he played. <laughs> It'd be weird if Joseph Gordon-Levitt was just like, in the hood, there's a school where <laughs> the lessons learned may not be the ones you expected, but they will be the ones that carry you through. And it's just Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a black guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's why I like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw it, Hesher. It's the only one I can find of him being like a piece of shit. And he does a great job. I would love, I would love to see that. I would also, again, love to see the one where JGL is just like, I know I told you to stop running. <laughs> he fully commits to it. Uh, that'd be extra good now that he's on the Aaron Sorkin train. So is he on the Aaron Sorkin train? As black guy doing Sorkin movies. <laughs> Dude, I that's the best character in art. As an MFA, that's the best <laughs> character you can be. I actually I have a story I want to tell you because I don't even I don't think you know this. Um, but about like <laughs> it's a dating hack I learned from Sorkin indirectly. <laughs> but I'll, I'll save that for a minute. Here, hit the uh, you want to hit the intro. Yep. It'll start this thing. going to take a second to get going. But yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, everybody. This is what you pay for now. <laughs> Hope that's coming in nice and clear. Yeah, it'll build up. But yeah, this is uh, how things are going to work now. Yeah. I mean... Oh, there it is. really makes communism cool in a way in a way that Stalin very much could not have. or he could have if he linked up with Germany at the moment of crisis but he didn't so lost opportunity the trap the trap remix is nice <laughs> that's that's really that's the vibe no world revolution but we got a nice trap remix we're not gonna do actual things, but we will give you. Nope. Yeah. Nobody knows how to make the chalk or distribute it, but if you give it to me, I can do some cool anarchist art in front of it. one police plaza. <laughs> Am I head bopping on the one and three? I don't know. That's something that you'd have only Patreon people know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're entering a new phase of the intro. A, f- a phase I like to call three minutes and seven seconds in. <laughs> the way the way we do this now is we're so for mental health and for sustain- sustainability issues, we're just gonna record once a week, and then the first bit will be the main, and the second bit will be the uh, that'll be the bonus. Which is a thing a lot of other people already do. Yeah. Yeah, smarter people. Yeah. Smarter people than us. The show is appropriately named. We're fucking, yeah. The thing is, we're dumb and all. People ask us, what's that name mean? Uh, and like David Lynch, I like to go, no, uh, in my mind. No, that scenario has never, there's never been someone who's like, oh, please, please tell me about what your podcast name It has never occurred. But if it did, I wouldn't explain. But clearly I would. 
and say that <laughs> you purchased it. Clearly, you would. Every every part of your political system is either dumb or awful. Every time your senator tweets, uh, "Oh, wh- what would what would healthcare mean for you?" Sound off in the comments. It's like I don't know. Are you going to take these to work with you afterwards? I don't. I know you're not that stupid. You know what I mean? So it's just awful. Which is why, you know, I don't know about you, but I have not been. I I have not been following news shit or at least like political news shit at all. I mean, I, I, I do the thing where every so often I'm like, did anything happen? Nope. Still just the one bill has passed. Like, okay. Look, I'm I'm old enough that. So I was born late 80s, right? So I've done this cycle already. Like when you put in this group of people. I don't, I don't want like post left. I mean, uh, do whatever you want on Twitter. We've clearly shown it doesn't matter at all, but, uh, no, no post left, but bro, I was politically active in the nineties. Like I I was on the, whether I wanted to or not. And it's just like, are we really going to have the exact same fucking, we're going to run it back just one-to-one have more discussions. We had all the discussions. Oh yeah. This is figured out. It's not fucking hard. All the answers are obvious now. So either you're awful, you can't be, no one's so dumb. They can't get these answers. Oh yeah. At this point, if you want to know what's going on, just look up the same time in 2008, cross out Obama, write Biden, cross out Lieberman, write Manchin. And there you go. Nothing has changed. Hey, you go back to, it's like every 15 years we do this. So it's like, no, I'm definitely important. Everyone continue doing what you're doing. Uh, but politically, anything more than like get five, like get five people interested in the ideology such that they can discover it and feel real ownership of it themselves. Anything other than that, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Even if, Pay attention to the Senate parliamentarian. I, I, the, it's like it's for little babies. It's for like a little this is like tooth fairy stuff you know what because at least the tooth fairy some money appears under your pillow once in a while like that happened in politics what two or three times ever in like the it took a global pandemic but beyond that it's like really everyone agrees like gun control is totally popular they're not gonna not gonna do anything talking about it's not gonna do anything i mean absolutely nothing has changed healthcare it's obvious we have that pandemic yeah, exactly. The only real question at this point is like, which war are we going to start? Because Biden's going to get horny for war eventually. Everybody told me I was crazy about that, but like, nah, it's going to happen. Yeah. What's what's your what's your military um your military take as as your foreign policy strategic? Because it's even this is fucking lame. Like warmongering against Russia. We don't even have the Iron Curtain shit. At least they used to have like gi joe villains that were soviets and shit and they had cool visors and laser guns that always missed which historically you know soviets are pretty good at hitting what they shoot at but it was still a fun bit despite that misrepresentation uh now it's like what how are you going to scare me about russia you know fucking overcharge me for a carburetor that's what the perfidious russians just stuff but they i mean like it looks like we may have supported the coup in haiti which like the least surprising thing in the universe. Um, and then, I don't know, I imagine Iran. I, I just, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence to me that uh, Afghanistan is finally ending. They're like, let's start bombing Iran. Let's see how that goes. It's like, yeah, that checks out. You fucking idiots. Bro, we would get washed so hard. Yeah, no matter where we go, we're going to get washed at this point. It's like, uh, yeah, it, it's dumb as shit, but it's... De- 
it's the same thing Obama did where like at a certain point they get stymied domestically because they are either too stupid or too unwilling to do things. And they go like, well, my foreign policy though, I'm making inroads with whatever. And Biden's always been super hawkish and now his brain doesn't work. So it's even worse. But who gives a fuck about Joe Biden? I mean, I, I give a, a fuck about him, but I, nothing I think or say is going to change his inherent nature. Anything at all? Yeah. It, it's like the current political discourse. There's more interesting things going on outside of the exact same gridlocked government we've had since 08. Like it's, well, it's not even that it's like uh, more or less interesting. It's just it's the same exact shit. Like I can't. I should say more is happening politically outside of the normal congressional bullshit um the pandemic stuff has been super fascinating as far as like reactions afterwards yeah hit, hit me with some of that shit i'm trying to find a uh there was some tweet i liked oh i was loving i mean in general i am uh, so i'm i haven't really paid attention to most political news but i have been loving the uh, uh people refusing to go back to work at their shitty jobs is that still going on again yeah, i don't yeah. pay attention cuz i open things i see a news story and i go oh yeah that, oh, that's cuz like 600,000 of the most precarious people just got washed and by washed i mean uh sent forever away dead out of our memory fucking gone just taking ww2 era losses and then going <laughs> Hey, where's my? Why does it take so long to get fucking Chipotle? <laughs> like, we really are a nation that comes together in crisis. It's like four different things happening at once. It's amazing. What are they? I don't know what they are. I, I, mean, I there's just a supply chain thing which we can get in depth on if you want. Because I, I like, am now gainfully employed, so I deal with that shit all the time. The supply chain stuff. Um, but I also am constantly seeing other businesses bitching and moaning about being able to find people to hire. I am somehow magically landed up back in weed again so we don't have that problem everybody wants to work in weed um for obvious reasons we pay people get health care i like how like i like it. how you are now using the collective pronoun we on behalf of weed that's right <laughs> we, we pay well who weed no, no no the business i work for pays well and uh, honestly uh they they did a thing during the middle i think it came out in march where the entire weed industry, pretty much no one pays below 15 an hour. Um, and, and the average is like 20 to 25, which like is an actual decent wage. Like it's not amazing, but it's significantly better than most places. Um, yeah. And so like, yeah, a lot of people want those jobs. And then, you know, you think the industry is going to expand, which it is. Anyway, people keep bitching and moaning about finding people to hire right now. And it's, it's super interesting to watch because there's... So on the low end, what you have is... One, um, people were actually forced to take a step back from their job because of pandemic and unemployment and everything. And so you had long moments of self-reflection that a lot of people needed to have about like, am I really going to go back to this job that fucking grinds me down constantly, pays me nothing? Uh, a lot of the low-end service jobs, you got the bullshit where they called you a hero and then they didn't pay you more. Right. Which like, OK, so how fucking heroic am I? You you risked your life. You didn't get paid more. And now they're like, no, come back to work and continue to get paid shit. Like, fuck. we, we just had a, a hometown heroes parade in New York, which delightfully was a fucking dud because <laughs> first of all, because of climate change, which nobody does anything about, uh, it's like been 100 degrees in New York City, like for a fucking week. And so it was too hot 
you know, trust the science to actually do the parade in full. So they cut half the floats and just did it for like a few blocks. And even <laughs> then EMS and FDNY didn't show up because they're just like, can you please not play hardball with our, our wage and benefit contracts while throwing us a parade about how we're heroes? It's amazing. That's that's like that's that that is top tier lip shit right there. In New York, you have to put a mask on to get on the subway, but not to enter a bodega. Yeah, it's just completely nonsensical. The transit thing is like consistent. That one's weird. It makes no sense. Um, But yeah, so you have on the low end. uh, Well, so one people had time to actually reflect on what jobs they want to be doing and time to actually like maneuver themselves because they got real unemployment. A lot of the time, and for most of the pandemic, it was paying more than minimum wage for people. So it's like you were getting a better wage and you had time to reconsider your job options. Then if you're on the low end, you know you got fucked. You know you got put in danger. They praised you and then you got no more money, right? Uh, On top of that, now we also have the situation on for white collar workers where like everyone who got to work from home, uh, virtually every business posted record profits that was doing remotely okay during the pandemic, right? And then those businesses turned around and said, actually, it's not working with you at home, which like I'm looking at the numbers and you're yeah, at Apple and Google. Yeah. And so so on the low end, people don't want to take those jobs because they suck. And then on the high end, people are just incensed that they're getting fucking lied to. Right. Like it's the first it's like a mass awakening of class consciousness of being like, oh, wait, my job is to get fucked by this guy. That's what's going on. It's like, yes, you fucking idiots. Like, I know Americans are dumb as fuck, but now you've been proven out that this is all this is. It's just a manager who wants to yell at you in your face, and he is happy to make you commute fucking three hours a day for that privilege. And it's just like at every tier now, besides the actual like wealthy class, people are just fucking livid about how things are going. It's awesome. Yeah. uh, (laughs) All my guys, you know, that I work with or whatever are just like, this is all meaningless, isn't it? And I'm like, morale is definitely good, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, they're, they're not wrong. Right. So we do a hybridized thing for liability, right. Where managers and everybody, everybody, you know, New York, everywhere you go, everything's back open. So like you said, the rush is to get everybody in person, but nobody wants like the legal liability of what if we get a COVID case after saying you can take your mask off, but this agency said you couldn't and this. And so, we do half on, half off. And so half the time, my dudes are like waking up at 9.15, clocking in and doing all the same work. And then on other days, they have to wake up at seven o'clock, like get a shower, get dressed, take the subway, transfer to the subway, walk in and then punch in two hours after they woke up. And then they do that on the opposite end. And that's all. So that's literally your human life is being wasted and shorter. And just in general, like, you know, even outside of COVID, people get sick more when you're fucking on the subways and all that shit. Right. So your life quality is just fucking better and the work gets done. So why do people a lot of people realize like why more when you're at home, actually, from like an employer perspective? Yeah. No bullshit emails or people interrupting you or having a fucking Go walk down and shit in a room with another person after not doing it for like a year. <laughs> I will say that's been weird because I've been going into the office. I, I ours is pretty flexible, but it's like we actually like create things at the you know produced products. So like someone has to be there in person. So it's me a lot. Brett has started his creator arc. 
yeah <laughs> creator uh but so like I, I'm there a lot just to deal with deliveries and things like that. And it it was weird the first time I was like, oh shit, I'm I'm just pooping and he's in the room. He's just yeah. sitting there while Love I do it. this. It's uncomfortable. It. You wanted me back, right? This is, what <laughs> you, this is what you get. I'm not turning the limiter back on. But this at least wasn't a job that I could like actually do from home in the first place. Um, if it was, if it was like like when I was doing consulting and somebody was like, you need to come back in now, I was absolutely go fuck yourself. Like there's no way. That was never a job that needed to be done in person. Even when I was doing it a few years ago, I kept trying to work from home constantly. So it, it's been funny to hear people tell me that like people who are, co are comfortable are incensed about how they're being taken advantage of. And it's like, yes, you if you're a salary worker, you're still a fucking worker. I know that's difficult to understand, but it, let me make it an NBA reference. If they have a goddamn workers union and they get paid millions on salary, what the fuck does that make you, person who's making like a hundred some odd K? You're still a goddamn worker. Like at the end of the day, you are irrelevant. I think Apple is the best example of that because basically everyone who works at Apple, besides like janitorial staff, that is like a premier job, right? If you're a white collar person, an Apple job is a premier job that you want to get. That's like near the top of the mountain as far as like really good jobs. I love, by the way, I love the idea of being the, the, the custodian at the and by the way i got union custodians in my family it's good work right but I, I i love the idea of being the custodian at the apple campus i feel bad for those people and just like the goodwill hunting music comes on and you, you put the broom down and you're just like adding to the algorithm <laughs> and it goes hey get out of here you can't touch that that's proprietary and they walk up and they're like my god hey come back here he's made a filter that's 25 percent more gay <laughs> how did he <laughs> We've never seen cheek modulation like this. <laughs> oh. he, just, just the, I don't even know the C, Tim Apple is, is, is oh, yes. just like, you, you have a gift, sir. You have the ability to make trans people feel so much more feminine. It's like, you know how easy this is for me? This is nothing. <laughs> Every day I open up FaceApp and I have to look at you guys stumbling around, fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they apple had like their best year ever first trans joke coming in <laughs> yeah <laughs> i say apple had their best year ever right so there's like zero chance that you can pretend that the work from home didn't work it worked like gangbusters they apple apple capped out on profits and revenue just because they literally couldn't keep up with demand anymore at a certain point like they're the sky's the limit on that one so they turned around and said, like, you're going to come back in. It'll be hybrid, but no one gets to choose. No one gets to stay remote. You come in these three days of the week that we decide. Everyone comes in three days a week. The entire company comes in for three days, and the entire company stays home for these other two days. And we just determine it. Fuck you. You get no control over this. And understandably, the, the Apple employees are pissed. But the, like I'm saying, those are like the most privileged workers, the white collar workers at Apple. And even they are like, this is some fucking bullshit. Yeah, it's amazing how much of, I mean, David Graeber wrote about this in like bullshit jobs and also everywhere who, again, my favorite David Graeber story is still that he was supposed to speak at the new school with like Richard Wolf and he just partied all night and blew coke and got laid and showed up like halfway through and was like, hey, bullshit jobs. Am I right? <laughs> cool guy. Cool guy. But yeah, David Graeber talks about how there's no fucking way. I mean, what in Europe or wherever the fuck, one of the Nordic countries that people call socialist uh, with less of an understanding than I do, they're on like four day work week now. Do you see that? 
Oh no, that's cool though. And all the same shit gets done because yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, what I realized from going into work and talking to my guys is like, so like I went to the Central Park Zoo the other day. It's bullshit. None of the animals were doing stuff. And as I was there silently making demands on animals that can't understand me or don't know about my existence, I realized that that felt a lot like managers at work. <laughs> like I realized, and look, I, I'm lucky that, you know, if, if anyone that got to work remote at all is very blessed, I get that. But just on like the worker stuff in general, we were talking the other day and it's like, we are the fucking animals. Like, why are we coming in? It's to be the fucking animals. It's yeah. so that you could do your work at home, but somebody wants to walk by and look in at you and see if you're sleeping or if you're doing anything interesting or you're doing anything cute or to get your attention. That's me walking by the fucking grizzly bear exhibit, like waving my hands going like, all right, I, I see you fucking pounding on the tamarind glass. To, so it <laughs> acknowledges me. Does that help anything? No. Does that just ruin the tamarind's day? Yes. But I paid money. Is the stress on the animals? Yeah, I got a degree from fucking Cornell, and I I should be able to stress the animals out when I walk around the zoo. Hmm. As far as I can tell, that's the only management, uh, or that's the most popular form of management in this weird uh, post-COVID, whatever the fuck. Oh, it is. I will say, though, a lot of this stuff, too, is coming from executives, right? It's not even necessarily middle managers who are choosing this, because a lot of them would also rather stay home. Um, it's executives. And some of that's driven by the fact that they paid for expensive leases in office space and they bought buildings and you motherfuckers are going to occupy them. Otherwise I'm taking a bath on this and it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of that going on too, which like, good, let it let downtowns actually be fucking livable again. That would be fine. Look, that, that's a net benefit to everybody except the one guy who writes the contracts, of course. Right. So there's always, there's always that shit at the top. I think one of the Google guys, too, did the same thing where they were like, you have to come in. Fuck you guys. And then went, by the way, I'll be in New Zealand for the next year. Good luck. <laughs> it's just. No, you're just you're just there. You're accoutrement is what I realized. There's, you're there for entertainment. For we learn. We learn no lessons. We we just. Get more and more insecure and grabby and selfish societally. I mean, but that's been the one good thing about the pandemic is actually forces people to recognize that that is occurring right it, when you, the minute you have to take a break from the 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 grind you go like oh yeah this is actually awful i know people say that but that that was miserable this is a massively improved way of being for me and basically everyone so why can't i get this more oh because some guy wants to po pound on the glass that's basically it yeah it's not good it's a fucking bummer i yeah, want to way more fun than fucking paying attention to congress and shit i was i went to the beach for uh fourth of july and i was like walking down a little boardwalk and stuff and uh there was multiple businesses that basically had signs saying you know we're closed because we can't get n nobody wants to work because the government handouts okay nice nice sign buddy <laughs> i just love i i love i love how much old people are like well it's just because people don't want to work and it's like listen boomers i know you're fucking assholes but do you want to work for this amount of money at these locations didn't think so. What <laughs> happened to being a what happened to being a capitalist asshole? If if you can't if you can't do your job as a manager, then quit. Don't come in here and do a half-assed job. If you got time to lean, you got time to clean up your fucking hiring practices and get people in there, you piece of shit. Price curve, supply demand, figure it out.
because all the supply and demand people suddenly vanish, right? Everything, oh, it's, it's supply and demand. That's why you get fucked. And suddenly when the supply of labor is tight, you don't get paid more. Everybody fights you on it. Nobody wants to pay you more, right? The demand's high for labor, but the supply's low and yet nobody will pay you more. And it's like, yeah, because supply and demand's fucking horseshit. It only ever redounds to the benefit of the wealthy. Like the same way with housing. Everything gets shut down in New York. Did all the apartment prices plummet? No, they did in temporary discounts where they didn't actually lower the overall rent because that way they could immediately raise it up again after two or three months. Downtown Brooklyn is up 70% over last year rents. 70. Cool. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. Love that shit. I'm so thankful to not be in a fucking city anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm still fucking here. Apologies. Once once the New York weed market starts, you should get into that shit. Yeah. I just uh just keeping myself entertained as cheaply uh as possible in a city that's way too fucking expensive still and only gets worse. And we have a delightful weirdo that I'm glad the rest of the universe is about to discover. We know how we know how to mint some weirdos here. Um yeah, so I've just been, bro. I want to get into what you've been doing over the the pandemic and just like getting back to it and getting back to the show and all that. But first, I've I've so I have two characters that I've been <laughs> like you can see I'm going. There's two characters that they, they aren't even characters. I I basically thought this six months ago, this one, and it's been in my head. It's uh, it's. God, a power 96 DJ who's coping with depression in his workplace. And I just, there's not even jokes. I just do this character to my, to myself. <laughs> so Brett, you want to, you want to hear <laughs> Uh, Danza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do this in my apartment alone. Okay. Yeah. Got this. Got this. It's just another, just another party. Here we go. Hey! Hey! Ocho. Culo! 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 Ah, South Beach, Ocho. You know we do it big. Hey! What's up, Mamacita? What's your name? All right, Angelica, who's he? Ro- Roman. Roman. How long have you been together? Oh, that's beautiful, mommy. Now, to be honest, which one of you, which one of you look better when you met up? You met online. Which one of you met up? Oh yeah, she looks good. That's good. Hey, you gotta be careful with that, though, man. Hey, hey. You know, you always gotta know. Like, I met a, a little, a little lovely, and. uh yeah, anyway, uh, it's, it's, I had to take a lot of a lot of pictures, and uh, anyway, uh, she wasn't real, and uh, uh, I guess I'm a heretic in Bangalore now, but it's all right. <laughs> oh, my, my dick and balls are all over Bangalore, the northern parts. <laughs> hey, you treat it right, all right, mommy? I just do I do this to nobody in particular. <laughs> hey, I, I had a girl once. She went to Paris for work. I was like, I'm gonna get Kanye tickets. I'm gonna meet her there. We're gonna have a beautiful night. 
turns out she, uh, I guess she thought that was like the end of the relationship because I said I wasn't going to Paris with her. And, um, yeah, she fucked Chris Martin. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to, I want to Kanye alone. Um, I'm in therapy now, so you know. My new girl says it's important, which it is. I guess I, I was at one of my my sessions, and um. I should be DJing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it turns out uh, she just thought therapy was important because she was fucking Chris Martin while I was at my session. <laughs> it's like, how do, you res- how do you respect women when the girl's favorite thing is lying? That's it. That's all I got. That's it. <laughs> That's that's Power ninety six DJ <laughs> who's coping with workplace depression and not really doing a, a good job. <laughs> I like it. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things that you think about in your head a lot and then you do it and you're like, that's not really a joke. That's just another life. <laughs> just a real person who's struggling, yeah. This is just a guy who's like, you know what? I I get insecure because DJ Laz keeps looking at my girl. <laughs> <laughs> South Beach is own. Mm. But yeah, uh, what, what, what do you, I don't know how to transition. You know, what? just not, not, we'll knock out the, the <laughs> other thing I keep doing. <laughs> no transition. No, the, no, here, here's number two. Ready? A Florida guy, though. Yeah, uh, these, I like that one. Power 96. Being on the beach and a dude's pumping good music <laughs> and it's just... i just think danza kaduro is a great song and no matter what you say or do while it's playing it just gives a good vibe you know <laughs> okay this this next one is even better i think uh this character is um it, it's it's both so niche and indecipherable because i can't execute it because i'm bad at impressions and you would have to understand the lore of Persona 5 and the NBA to make this one make any sense. <laughs> so so I, I call this uh, the Phantom Thieves target Kevin Hart. This is also, I, I just need, this isn't even for anyone. No, not, no, not Kevin Hart, Kevin Durant. <laughs> that was better. The Phantom Thieves target Kevin Durant. All right. So, so hit me with this. This is that. I gotta do the count. Ca- oh, they're, they're out of my register. Hold on. Hey, Joker! Kevin Durant just tweeted that he received a calling card from the Phantom Thieves. It's time to get the treasure. Kevin Durant's treasure? But what does he have? What does he want that he doesn't have? The greatest treasure of all. Kevin Durant's uncracked egg. Whoa! We're going to NBA All-Star Weekend? I've got just the right amount of gex for this mission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking for his weakness. <laughs> Kevin Durant's boy mode. Take his hoodie. <laughs> Watch out, Joker! I'm dropping in a copy of Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> Persona XXL T sundress ordered online. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whoa, is that a chastity cage? Looking cool, Joker. KB <laughs> <laughs> is attacking. Uh, yeah, we just went out there, played our hardest. You know, shots didn't go down. At the end of the day, you know, people don't come out here to see bricks. Whoa, that's his secret message. Attack him with face app. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I just do that. I just do that for about an hour uh, on the train. <laughs> Those are the two. <laughs> that's all. That's six months for that. Kevin Durant is a really fun character in general. Kevin Durant is trans. This is he's trans and he needs to stop boy moding. <laughs> These are two things about him. He's also like a deeply addicted internet poster. Like he can't resist himself. No, this guy a hundred percent has a very, very expensive profile portrait uh, for his fake Twitter account of his alter ego. <laughs> and and let's let's just say she doesn't put up with the bullshit like Kevin has to. <laughs> Poor Kevin. Yeah. I like how you know, I was talking to uh, a really cool anarchist around here does organizing and stuff. And, you know, we'll have them on probably going forward. Um, and they're like, oh, so you do like a show. I, we have a rule that we never say the, the P word out in public. Correct. Like, that's a very important rule. You can't be just copying the podcasting out in public. I will say anything. I tell people I do improv comedy so that they don't find out the truth, but also fuck off. And people are talking about anime because that's an interest I'm willing to discuss. Look, anime people will will engage on, so that that's a good deflection, you know. Or, or they'll just be like, "Nope, I don't want a part of that." But podcasting people will go like, "Oh, yeah, I, lo- I love that." Um, I almost said Michael Balaban, but that's the Barbaro. That's like one of one of these bees is good and the other is evil. <laughs> Also the name of my new trap remix. It's it's Soviet theme. It's Trotsky and Stalin. It will get 142 views and uh, it will be my pride and joy. And the foundation upon which I build the edifice of me canceling other communists on (laughs) Twitter.com because I've been doing the work. But so I was talking to her and, and it came up, right? You know, this is fucking Brooklyn. Everyone's like media or whatever. Right. And so, She's like, oh, is it like, uh, like dude bro stuff? So it's like two cis white men just fucking, you know, burping and farting or whatever. Yes. And I, I went like, I mean, kind of. Uh, I mean, you, you could describe it that way. But for whatever reason, like we have a, our audience is pretty diverse across like all, all spectrums, even these spectrum, you know, we, we, got, we got a whole bunch of different people that want a lot of trans people are into it. Like I said, uh, non-neurotypical like you know for whatever reason uh certain communities seem to to latch on or vibe with it and that's pretty cool i don't know why again because like you said sort of dude bro dumbasses no real insights not very funny uh, just really running out the clock until they can complete the episode cut it up and make money on patreon i don't understand why people would listen to this uh then i i make two extremely niche trans riffs in the first 35 minutes and i'm like oh yeah no i got it now yeah <laughs> Wait, yeah no i got it yeah <laughs> maybe when i when i complain about how nayeon isn't styled properly until she goes into japan and then they give her the darker hues because that's how they do it in arena shows because they know what they're doing and don't infantilize the, the women unless that's the concept and it's appropriate <laughs> that sort of shit 
<laughs> apparently doesn't hit the barstool sports audience as hard is what i've learned shocking yeah but anyway uh how was your so part of the reason we're doing it this way now and we'll get the audio uh quality better if this one's shit but is that you uh oh, at, at the I, ta- what's that that I, I should probably have said this at the top but this yeah, is, yeah. we're not gonna turn the patreon back on again until next month um, so you guys can get a chance to see if this is something you like, don't like, whatever the case might be. Um, but yeah, so it, well, this is us like sort of, this is the first like tester of this new format. So we'll get dialed in. Yeah, but the, but the good news is um, we're testing it, but not changing it because fuck you. Like, let's Correct. let's just briefly talk about and Again, I want to talk about what you've been up to because this new format, as it were, we don't live together anymore. We're not even in the same state so yeah. uh previously we were doing basically a three-day schedule so like you know you wake up you write topics and articles for an episode that's one day the next day you record it you get you know you wrangle the guest you know you pay the guest you do well some people pay the guest uh what is your patron for otherwise and then you know you, you get it locked in the next day you edit it cut a trailer, post it online, you know, do the episode notes, listen back, get the timestamps. And then that's a three-day cycle. And then the bonus starts. The next day you have to write that shit, figure out what the bonus is going to be about, get a different guest if you're doing that. And so you have three days, three days. In the background of all of that is actually trying to read stuff, do stuff, absorb stuff to then talk about so that you have a real sincere desire to discuss these things. Uh, instead of just showing up and talking into a mic, which can be very fucking shitty when all of the problems are fucking glaringly obvious and unaddressed. <laughs> and then you have one day that is the off day. Three, three, and your seventh day of the week is rest. But since you know tomorrow you have to have a full fucking show done or you have to have a guest or whatever, you just end up living as a creepy media person whether or not you intend to. You're adding stuff to the board like, well, I don't, I don't know. Well, by, by the time Thursday comes, maybe they'll, maybe we'll already have talked about the, how the stimulus was actually what Trump would have done and doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't affect a sea change in Democratic. Just fucking awful. And I'm very glad we did that because I think in general people should. There's a lot of people that are like, I am the new Lenin. Everyone needs, I'm in the phase where Lenin is building his Twitter following before he, he calls for violent revolution. And it's like, man, you, you don't even take the time to like put a compressor on your audio. Are you sure you're ready to like <laughs> hold up the battlements and lay Miz like fucking Atlas on your shoulders? Are you sure? Cause I think putting a compressor on your audio is probably easier and haven't really done that, you know, significantly easier. Like, so it feels I've always been like, at least put some effort in, but after, after doing that for a couple of years now and having to deal with that day to day, I I think the sustainable, if there's going to be any dumb and awfuling, which is, I mean, already so fucking wanky, uh, it has to be like, it just has to be once a week. I'll be able to catch up with my friend who I no longer live with. We'll talk about the shit over the week that, uh, makes sense to us. And then that'll be that. We're yeah. already fucking here in Zoom, so might as well release the video as a video element. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I also, on my end, I also didn't like that, like, 
we get caught in the cycle of current events, right? Who just one of many, many people commenting on current events. And one, that means that I have to be constantly invested in current events, which fuck that. Um, just fucking brain melting. Uh was also trying to do stuff on Twitter way too much, which also fucked that brain melting. Um and I, I just, yeah, it's one of those where it's like at a certain point, I'm just not, I, as soon as we took the break, I was like, that's right. I have other interests that I could get back into now. Like now that my, 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 all my mental fucking cycles aren't occupied with this, like these three things. Um, and it, it just becomes a lot easier to navigate at that point. I mean, it is, we talk about the consequence fairy a good, a good deal. Like for example, climate change, like we don't do fuck fucking anything. And then consequences start happening. We're like, ah, shit. Well, or, or you know, the the thing where it's like, if all you do is read books and yell, on, yell online all day, that actually is like, that becomes all you do. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you know, if, if you, we believe that if people just watch alt-right stuff, right? The algorithm on YouTube, you plug in, you get alt-right stuff, and then just being exposed to it constantly trains your brain along certain pathways that are not fucking good on any level for anybody, right? Same people that are very clear-eyed about the dangers of that and maybe actively work in that space will then log on for fucking 14 hours a day to a very rudimentary algorithm that just gives you endorphins when you are terrible. Yep. Uh, that's it. And when you go off it for a second, it feels like you're talking about fucking fentanyl. Which, as by the way, as someone who's gone off fentanyl before, uh, the the withdrawals are less embarrassing with the opiates than the fucking Twitter yeah. stuff. Well, it's also like I've talked about sort of like I use the word corruption, and maybe there's a better influence is a better word, but like the sort of soft influence and corruption, L- like happens. Commander Shepard with the fucking Reapers, right? Indoctrination theory. Yeah, and it's it, I mean. You basically get influenced by your surroundings no matter what. That's just how things work, right? Some places force more of it, like the military is forcing way more influence on you. They're surrounding you with these elements so that eventually you just fall in line and right, you are responding the way that they'd like you to respond. But that works in everything, right? Uh, when you're a white-collar professional and you live in a city and everybody you interact with is Ivy League, right? And that's who you talk to day in, day out. Eventually, your opinions on some of these things are going to adjust based off of your daily interactions. That's also what happens with like Congress people, right? So even if let's say AOC, you think she's like the most wonderful person in the world. If all, I'm not saying she's, this is happening, but if all she does is interact with other Congress people and people in DC and lobbyists and stuff, eventually you get influenced by that because that is your set of humans that you're comparing opinions across, right? You're, that's the whole point of lobbying is that if I'm constantly getting FaceTime with you, eventually you'll start to be sympathetic because uh, depressingly enough, most friendship is based uh, on proximity. proximity. Yeah, of course. So, if, if you don't believe that, you're not an adult. Like, yeah, exactly. So if I just if you just get enough FaceTime with people, eventually they'll become more sympathetic. Even if they're a monster, you're like, yeah, but he and I bullshit. So he's not really that bad a guy like that kind of thing. Right. If you know someone who has like absolutely horrific politics, but you talk to them day to day, um, you could you could forgive it because they don't actually they're not actually in control. Now imagine they have those politics and they do those things, and you're still going like, but he's a nice guy to me. It's like that's sort of like the soft influence that happens. But algorithms, uh, the, the problem with being super online with some of these things or paying attention um, to a lot of current events is you get like the double whammy where 
not only do you get the soft influence of you're just only interacting with other people in a political media space, right? You also get the algorithms training you on how to respond to things and trying to get you to the point of like, oh, this is this is what a response looks like. It's about this long. It's about this punchy. The wording is like this. Uh, and it's just fuck that shit. <laughs> like I fucking hate that. There's it's it's that hustle grind mindset thing that is in fact true. Uh, just on like a zoological fucking level of, hey, my one tip that I'd share about success is take a look at your five closest friends. That's going to be you in five years. And you're just like, okay, I get it because of like the influence effects. Like me and my five, if my five friends all go to the gym every single day, the odds that I'm going to get in better shape are good. There's literally like a Pitbull song where he's just like, uh, here's here's a the, the, my, my wisest take. You are the last five books you read, and it's like uh, all right. I mean, sure, but also like yes, and people recognize that. And I think people sort of internalize that too when they're uh, fetishizing a lot of like left stuff, and then they're reading all of this stuff, and they they really have a good grasp, you know, on the grain situation in Ukraine or whatever, and then. In their mind, they're like, I'm surrounding myself with the right stuff. But no, 14 hours a day, you're surrounding, you don't even notice it. It's like the fucking oxygen or water to fish. You're surrounding yourself. Your five closest friends are all named like fucking uh, uh, femboy sus. And they post 400 times a day the most Mm -hmm. deranged memes that you need a, a fucking history degree and five types of bipolar in order to even suss out. Like... Those are the people you're actually like shaping yourself to be, not Lenin. It, it's, I, I mean, you sound like such a dick when you say this, but like, I remember uh, when I got off of like opiates and all that stuff, I, I woke up one day and I was just like, ah, damn, I feel like light, like liberated. Like, I don't have to like take a pill or, or do a patch or I can just walk up and walk out and handle my shit. No problem. That, that's pretty cool. There, there are upsides to living life extremely bored and sober and, and uh, wishing for death. <laughs> and I feel that a little bit with like Twitter addiction where I will go on. I won't, I won't name names, but like, like the other day, there's someone who I think has lots of good takes. and I enjoy reading them on the timeline when they come across normally, I, I thought to myself. Uh, but then as I came back, I was just like, every single one of this person who I like Every single one of their posts is a quote tweet going like, oh, well, why don't you fucking choke on it and die, you piece of shit? And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, that guy must have been really bad. And the next one's just like, uh, I don't know if you're an abuser, but you certainly fucking type like one. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's two bad guys. And it's just the whole thing. And some are just like, can anyone tell me if this guy's a piece of shit that should choke and die or not? And it's just like, whoa, this, yeah, I think he's just a little upset over the mayoral election. Um, he's actually a valid human being. It's like, all right. Cause he's posting fuck shit stuff and needs to be taken out. It's like, what are you talking about? Yep. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the thing is, if you have even one person in your group doing that, like that spreads and it just becomes so normally. I, I have essentially a Twitter text-based soundboard. Like remember, uh, zoomers don't remember but a way we used to have fun 
uh, old people back in like the the payphone days. Help out my abacus. <laughs> is you could call people and hit a Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard. Fuck, that is true. We did used to do that. Where you would just, it was all from one dumb, like kindergarten cop or something. And you just call up like, hello, suicide hotline. And you'd be like, yes, who are you? Oh, my name's Ashley. I'm, I'm here to help you. How are you? Are you in danger right now, sir? Yeah. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> all, all right, sir. Um, if you're having issues with family, that's very normal. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Just turning to your friends like, it's going really well. You don't even have a speakerphone. That's how we got through. That was all we had. I've developed one of those for Twitter that is just like 15 stock responses. And as far as I can tell, that's all you need. You see someone post a a 200-character tweet about, you know, is are the Apache indigenous enough? And you just copy, okay, and then you paste. And that's it. (laughs) there's okay there's sounds good there's you got it it's like there's just hmm just (laughs) hm and that really it feels like you're putting in a normal response and participating but it doesn't melt your brain and you know what that's really all you can say it's all you should say yeah so i say the other thing and not paying attention or if you pay too much attention the other problem i have with it is one of the fun things in in American political sort of media scape is that the people who don't pay attention to politics tend to have like semi-accurate opinions about like the state of things where they're like, well, they're both just clearly fucking us. And it's like, that is, it's objectively true. And the only reason anybody disagrees is because if you do pay attention to political media, all you're getting is the best political propaganda. And so not paying attention allows you to be like, take a moment and be like, is bombing Iran smart? Or like, obviously it's fucking retarded. Like, why would you do that? That's a terrible fucking idea. Yeah. And, and then and then it's like, yeah, I didn't need fucking CNN to explain to me why actually these brown people deserve it. And it's, you don't have to deal with any of that shit or fucking any of the various characters whose names I'm blessedly starting to forget uh, talking about, you know, why this is actually like a super great move and it'll it'll create uh, enthusiasm in the base or like within within the Cuban population of Miami, there's a strong sense that like none of that fucking bullshit. You could just be a regular person reacting to news like within your own experience of saying like this seems bad because people will die. I don't know why you would do this. And then just taking a quick peruse and be like, oh, okay, yes, it is bad. I'm done. Bro, like those <laughs> I feel about like political talk shows, especially like the big stuff. I'm looking for, uh, I, I hate to say it, because uh, there's a, Glenn Greenwald made a, a good point. I, I know it fucking pissed me off. But it's like, yeah, people who are like, yeah, I follow politics. N- no, you don't. Uh, like all those political shows are, it feels like they're doing politics professionally. Like they're they're just media people and they just didn't get the Disney check. So they got the DNC check. Which at yep. this point are, are like more or less the same thing. But like there's no reason why Sam Cedar wouldn't just talk about Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they all have the same energy of, of like, like if they try to talk to a normal person, you know, actually Boba Fett's slave too is being renamed because of uh, certain sensitivities. Now, while it's true that he wasn't a slaver and actually the history of Coruscant, you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> 
this is the topic this week? Is there a topic factory? And it's like, yes, there is actually. It, it, whether it's Disney, it's fucking DNC. Let me you, explain to you why Black Widow is actually a great movie, even though it's a character that you know is dead and doesn't go anywhere. So there's no further plot to this whatsoever. It's a fucking isolated thing for a character that's already dead. But actually, it's great representation. And it's just like, this is, I, why am I listening to this shit? They just, oh, oh here it is. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to read a Glenn Greenwald tweet. That's what I'm doing. This is American liberalism right here. Uh, one of MSNBC's most popular hosts, a former Bush Cheney spokesperson, devoting a whole segment to defending the NSA and lamenting distrust in it. She brings on two ex-FBI officials who now work for MSNBC to do it. The political faction that is pro-FBI, pro-NSA, pro-CIA, and whose media is delivered to them by a mix of security state officials, ex-Bush Cheney operatives, and neocons, is American liberalism. Just watch a clip and you'll see the authoritarian authoritarianism of this moment. If having your newsrooms filled with ex-security state operatives, FBI agents, CIA officials, and generals, all of whom are paid employees yeah. to reflexively defend the FBI, CIA, and NSA, isn't state TV literally what is? And it's just like, okay, so I'm going to turn on fucking MSNBC and... Uh, the amount of people that are like, I'm a serious politics watcher. And it's like, you literally just watch state TV. The, you get excited about the, the baby Yoda plushie that's coming out, no. which is the, the black lives matter mural that has been painted. It, it, there's a black lives matter mural in New York that has now been completely faded as the city council votes to add millions to uh, NYPD's overtime budget. Yes. It's just like, if, if, if the murals aren't fucking baby Yoda and the Senate parliamentarian isn't a new sort of Sith, never heard of, I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. It's not enlightening. It's not uplifting. It certainly isn't fucking politics. So sorry, I'm not going to get all the talking points on that shit. Yeah. I mean, in general, paying attention to news, uh, good luck finding one in which one of those people isn't literally on the DNC or RNC payroll or state other state payroll. Right. Where it's like even because I have a lot of good friends in D.C. who are like, no, I, I'm super invested in politics. I listen to pod saves. And it's like, I mean, those I guys know. really paid DNC guys like it's you, you all you're, you're at that point. Just fucking they're just reading the press releases from the DNC to you. I don't know how to like I don't know how to talk to people about that. It's something I have to get better at because, uh, again, look, the way this stuff works, like leftism, I think, is it swells. And then it breaks and rolls back and then it swells and all that. I think the best thing you can do now, you know, and this is the history of it, is make sure you have more people next time. Because whatever we had last year wasn't sufficient to reach critical mass. Ain't a bigger swell. Clearly, right? And I don't think dis discussing it is... I think if you look at your current roster, like an NBA team, this bunch of bums ain't getting it done. And thank God for that, right? This is like, I, I don't need to know what Michael Beasley thinks about ideology. In, in this uh, scenario, uh, uh, your Twitch stream is Michael Beasley. <laughs> uh, which You should be so lucky. I would watch Michael Beasley's Twitch stream. I would too. I'm going to give him four pre-rolls and say, sound off on China. <laughs> we get Michael Beasley on the show. <laughs> I actually know someone who knows Michael Beasley. I, I, we might have to go from here, but before we <laughs> before we uh, get into the bonus stuff, I did want to to talk about like 
this sort of post COVID thing, I've been like, what have you been doing? I've been doing like searching for meaning, uh, thinking a lot, doing the 30 something roller coaster, which is what I, I call it when you, uh, get really fucked up and preload 30 YouTube videos about death and, and just nice. It's a fun amusement park that you can just, it's in your head. You can just go there whenever you want. It doesn't hurt anybody. You can leave the room at any time. It's great. Get that heart pumping, you know, just really, just really going deep on inevitability. So that's fun to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been for a while. I was trying to see if I could just like become a guy who like loves the sea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could. I've been tempted a few times on that you, one. You know, like when those sea shanties were going around, uh, I was just like, and scrub the whaling down. Like I could do that shit. You really could. I I could get that. Beard for it. J- just I'm fucking. Re- but the thing is, so I I like sleep with like ocean sounds on. I fell asleep with by the way sleep noise youtube video comments are the sweetest people on earth every (laughs) single one is just like i don't know where you are or how this moment found you but know that i in this moment love you unconditionally and hope you sleep well and all the comments are like you too sir i know you will because the the peaceful rest easy and it's just like not not one comment being like yo this ship's gay i can't sleep on this (laughs) it's great but I'd watch, I just get nothing. I I just fucking, I can't do it. I would love to be someone that was so just micro into, it's like, I wish I was a furry. That sounds fucking great. That's like a, a ready to open box of fucking uh, fetishes and kinks and enjoyments and a, a way of dressing. There's a uniform. I would love to be passionate about a niche thing. Unfortunately, I have a podcast about comics. <laughs> really, the only one that brings no hedonism. Podcast is, in which we are socialists. It's fucking bad. I went. I went. Uh, I tried dating. I, I like. I was fucking in my thirties. I'm like. I tried dating. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's pretty fucking weird, but I'm gonna give it a shot. <sighs> no. Oh my god, dude. It was um, late thirty shit. Oh, I tried the dating thing again. Yeah, hold on. There was one. Oh, also, uh, we'll talk about this because the main's going to end in a second. I, I'm watching the greatest show ever, which is called uh, Dating on the Spectrum, and <laughs> see, here's the thing: you think you <laughs> you think that it's funny for one reason. No, they're all just the best people on fucking earth, but. Oh, I didn't. They were. I just w- imagining like the emotional cues going right over people's heads. Yeah. No, dude. It's. Hold on. Yeah. No. I. I. They. They actually try is the difference because I will fucking like. I, I was on like Hinge and every. It, it's nobody's even trying. Nobody. It. It's people's comments are like bravest thing I ever did. Uh, I traveled solo to New Zealand with a broken arm. How is that brave? Is that fucking brave? How did you survive? Oh, you I'm sorry. An incredibly safe country with better health care. Like I, I can't believe that you survived the Kiwis separating you from the herd to cull the weak like they famously do. <laughs> we'll get along if you watch The Office. What? I really that- 
What what a personable motherfucker. There's millions of people. This is this is you're slut walking out of the office. A million people are compatible. Someone's just like, hey, what's up? And you're like, you seem like a dick. I watched The Office. Wh- whip that bad boy out. <laughs> it's, it was, I don't know. So I spent some time on that. Uh, I did discover a really ethical. <laughs> Brent, have I told you, have I told you the popcorn trick? No. Okay. So, uh, so I go on some dates, right? And, and this is something I learned way back with, uh, this is the Sorkin thing, right? So I went on a date a while back and, you know, it's one of those things where like you, you riff well online, you know, you know, you go back and forth and text and that's fine. And maybe you talk on the phone and you're like, okay, like we got a good rapport. We're riffing. That's good enough. It's a little stilted, but. You know, it's on the phone. That's how it can be. So I go to this movie date. It's whatever. Like I'm off. I'm coming from work. I'm not really in a great mindset myself. And so we go to see the Aaron Sorkin, uh, Steve Jobs movie. This is a while back, right? And that's horrible. You were essentially watching a shit movie silently and it's Sorkin dialogue. So there's really nothing to say but like, this is terrible. And you're through that in like the first 15 minutes. It's not getting any better. Right. And so we get out and it's just like the vibe is off. We clearly aren't like clicking. And how do you, at that point where I know and you know, like whatever expectations we might've had, we're on the lower end of that. So it's just about, it's like Afghanistan. We're just doing a measured retreat where you never have to think of us again the moment we're gone, right? And I was talking to my friend, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I I just try to really lay it out and be like, well, you know, tonight I think I'll... And he always tries to be very sweet, and it's like, that makes it worse. And he was telling me about how, like, the last time he was like, well, you know, for tonight, I'm not really feeling it. And she's like, well, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, what about in general? And he's like... Well, you know, like if you want to hang out and watch a movie, that'd be fine. But I don't really know if there's like a certain sort of chemistry. And she's like, this poor girl just broke down in the street and was like crying. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can, I can see you're having a hard time. Why don't I go? Why don't we go get a drink? And like now they're getting a drink. And now like she ended up back at his apartment, but he was still like, oh, I thought I said. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just, yeah. just fucking like be a man, end the shit and fucking tell me you're interested or not. This is bullshit. It's a tough thing to do Go home and don't make her have to deal with that in public. <laughs> like, Well, I don't think he meant that, but he has, he has a habit of like not wanting to be mean in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's so funny. He, <laughs> there, there was one girl, uh, oh, I can't tell a story, <laughs> but we were talking. And so I was like, you have to make a strong move and just, you know, indicate like an adult that this isn't going anywhere but i can't take my own medicine so what i came up with to end dates amicably and ethically where i am not the bad guy but you get to walk away with the win is and i did this the first time at the sorkin thing we go to the bathroom right this is why movie dates are good i take the top of my big coca-cola cup i take the top off that you put the straw in and I go over to the the popcorn butter. You know how they let you drizzle it? And I just hit the button. 
and I just filled my Coke thing up. So then she came out of the bathroom and uh, was like, what, what are you doing? And you have to keep it together at this point. Uh, I was just like, the butter pop, the butter for the popcorn from the beginning, you can take it as long as you're still in the building. Like you paid for that. <laughs> so it's like, if you get the unlimited popcorn, you can fill it up and you can get as much butter as you want. Like it's legal. No. And she's like, well, you don't, are you going to take popcorn? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not going to carry the popcorn with me, but this, I can put the top on. So when I'm back home, I'll have the butter for my own popcorn. Right. Mm. Yeah, so you just do weird shit to drive her off, basically. No, not weird shit. I do the same thing. <laughs> the one thing. Every time. And it always works. Because then you can go, so uh, you want to go get drinks or anything? Holding a wilting paper cup of chemical popcorn <laughs> butter. And I have never had a person ever be like, uh, yes, please. Yeah, but when you do, you're in some shit. <laughs> That's going to be a problem. Uh, God willing, that has not occurred yet. Or how about that? Maybe she's the one. She's just like, guess what? I fucking love that. I want I want you to pour that over me like a plies video. <laughs> That's the shit I'm on. I want to get Kevin Durant weird tonight. There you that, go. Yeah. Hmm. So, so yeah, that, that fucking, that was a fucking whole experience I've been on. It's just been uh, uh, meeting people, remembering I don't like most of them yeah. <laughs> and then returning to fucking pot. That's another thing. I can't be on dating sites in Brooklyn because it's just all podcasters. Again, okay. not, not going to say names, but it's just like, Hey, if you want to meet and hang out with your favorite fucking podcasters. And if that's you in your head, you know, this is not beneath you. Like be honest with yourself <laughs> on fucking hinge or bumble. God knows they don't let you filter. So just start swiping and you will be free to, <laughs> Be disappointed in person. There you go. Um, yeah. Godspeed. The New York dating scene in general is always super fucking weird. So, but yeah, that's. I just wanted to to get in. My my. What did you learn from COVID? Uh, fucking nothing. Where no, <laughs> nothing is different. What did we all learn? Uh, banal shit. Uh, you can avoid paying for cock ratings if you browse dildo reviews. That's the only. <laughs> <laughs> as far as i can tell that's the only thing i learned hell yeah um yeah with that will uh you can hear what i learned on the bonus oh yeah 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 we went over yeah you know what because i want to talk about we have uh i want to talk about uh we got to do airbnb has a security team run by ex-cia guys that it's their job to show up after the fact we're definitely talking about that on the bonus yeah 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 not not fucking now let me hit the uh, wait, 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 wait. I want to, you got to oh. fucking tease it. You got to give the people a little something. <laughs> this has been dog shit, but you got to let them know. You got to set the bar. You got it, it in the, in the walkover. Uh, that was a thing back in the radio days is people would have FM shows and then a satellite TV show where they could say boob and tit. Uh, after the walkover, I've got a science joke that I really like, that you got to really know science for it. We're going to talk about Airbnb. Brett, uh, you're going to update us on what you've been up to. Is there anything else? Oh, I have plenty of things I can talk about beyond that. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, Musk. Oh, I, bro, I'm pro-Elon Musk now. I actually, I am unironically pro-Elon Musk. I think he <laughs> fucking rules now. Yeah. So there's your fucking 
Yeah. Outro sound goes here. Let's continue. Outro sound. Beautiful. I'm actually going to switch out my headphones too for this. Go for it. We test this shit out. I'm going to switch to the over the ears and see if that. I feel like there's a tiny echo. All this counts on the clock, by the way. If you're listening, this counts. You don't like it, you could. You could take it up with fucking Keith Ellison at the AFL-CIO. I'm a union guy, okay? I clocked in. You saw me clock in. Don't give me that bullshit you didn't see me clock in. I clocked in, and I've been here for an hour and nine minutes. And I'll okay. tell you what, better hope the work's done at two hours because I'm clocking out too. Oh, right? yeah. Don't call me at home. Don't send me emails. I don't know how emails work when I'm not at the office. That's something that wasn't in the job notice. Needs to understand how emails work when not in the office. You want that in there, you got you talk about the union. You go talk to them. <laughs> I love being a union guy. It's the best. Oh, I, I always want to evangelize like there's a Starbucks around that's like, hey, we don't pay our partners or, or give them enough hours to trigger the health care we allegedly give, but take yeah. one of our sticky notes and put it on the wall and tell us how you appreciate partners so much. And I can't tell if I'm a douchebag. I think I'm a douchebag if I do this, but like I keep wanting to write like, Get them a fucking union. That would make them happy, huh? Yeah, no, that's that's not being a douchebag. That's just pointing out what it should is, happen. It is, though, right? But I can't, that's, it, look, if this is some personal discomfort, like evangelizing, you know, like when you're, I grew up fundamentalist Christian, as you know, so like there's a sense of, I know it's awkward, but these people need to know about Christ because it's the only thing that'll save them. And if you don't, you'll be alive for eternity. So at some point, you'll probably see them in hell you'll bump into them because you didn't save them. And I mean, the world is on fire. It's socialism or barbarism. I want to make sure this is the metric. I want to make sure that when I do these like outreach things, I'm not doing it for my own like internal virtue where it's like, yeah, thank. Okay. The bearded guy put union. We get it. We don't have a fucking union. We can't do anything about it. The boss. Thanks for that asshole. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but I, I do want to put like, now is the time. Cause that's when, like we were saying on the main, people are more aware of this shit than they have been. Uh, as far as like, they're getting fucked over. Sorry, just make quick adjustment. As far as like the fact that they're getting fucked over and they're having all these other issues, like people working in service jobs are probably more open to the union idea than they have been in a while. Look, I'll talk to, you know, this, like we'll talk to any fucking Lyft or Uber driver we come in contact with. And oh, a hundred percent. Throw them the the union and what's what's the other one now? I got to get on that other one, the collectivized ride sharing thing. Oh, the one in New York. Yeah, I have. Yeah, tried. I need to get the name on that. So I, I mean, I don't fucking ride share that often. But yeah, I mean, neither do I. I pretty much just do it to the train station now. That's about it. When I do a longer train, but uh, yeah, not that much. I I don't think it's being a douchebag though. I I think it, like I said, it's uh. 
for all the like yelling and screaming on the internet stuff doesn't really move the needle much fucking just the fundamental realities of the last year has so people might be more open to that conversation assuming you approach it like a regular ass person um i've been enjoying personally hanging out with because i've mostly doing like supply chain shit now it's been nice to bullshit with drivers truck drivers and stuff is it a lot of my time now a delight a such a such an improvement over dealing with white collar fuckers like it's a blessing especially because i work in weed so you always get super interesting interactions um and it's just it, it's really fun to see like crusty old dudes be like oh hell yeah what kind of weed do you make can i get some and it's like brother i do have a sample for you <laughs> When I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah, just normal people, you know, the the sorts of people that any mass mobilization to any political end period must automatically sweep up by their initiative and desire to participate. Yep. It's almost like, uh, you know, whatever praxis you're doing should involve a lot more of them. And by the way, it'll also be more fun because God knows People that understand the references on this podcast are, certainly are, aren't going outside because the sun is ableist or SPFs were actually created by the Spanish during colonization or some shit. <laughs> just, just shit that your average long haul driver is like, I have varied interests and, and actually a great curiosity and thirst for learning more about the world. And I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, it's a nice change of pace, though. This is, I think, the first not super evil job i've had um when i was doing like consulting for weed stuff i would put that in the same category but that still was like mostly just dealing with white collar people mostly dealing with like owners and stuff so it's nice to be in a, in a nice spot where i don't have to deal with too many weirdos um and it's a business that i don't feel gross about being in which is really nice it's fucking heartbreaking though. People will immediately tell you like the horrific medical issues that weed has magically solved for them or has at least helped. Um, where they're like, Oh, we had I had X issue. Um, like the handyman and I were bullshitting the other day, and he was like, Oh yeah, my wife had this problem for years and years, and they couldn't figure it out, and they got to the point where they were gonna uh, prescribe her fentanyl. And he was like, Absolutely the fuck not. We're Don't trying do that. I've done fentanyl. I mean, I was prescribed fentanyl. Uh, the funny thing about fentanyl is you, just like Oxycontin, basically. Well, they have different things. Oxycontin's whole thing, uh, the God bless the Sacklers celebrated uh, Upper West Side Institution. Had plenty of charitable giving. Have a, the Egyptian wing of the Metropolitan Museum is dedicated to them. They overtly just put pills out there that only last for fucking two or three hours, and they said they lasted for eight. So that was like a very clear criminal fuck up and why Oxy was doomed or doomed a bunch of people from the beginning. Fentanyl, it's fatal flaw. Uh, it is the fatal bit. It doesn't do any pain killing for the, for the people that need it, but it does kill everyone who doesn't need it. So really just like a war on drugs, perfect specimen. <laughs> just it doesn't make it work. Absolutely no use for pain patients you can't uh, a, i had a fentanyl patch bullshit all it does is, is skyrocket your tolerance so it makes it fucking harder to get off delightful sorry no <laughs> it's no, my, no. It's uh, my fentanyl I, I, chunk but yeah even you know he was like once we got to that point i told the doctors to go fuck themselves and we went and tried something else and i was like i mean yeah that would be the time when they're basically like here's a drug that will definitely kill your wife if we put her on it oh hey, hey okay well now you're talking 
oh, let's slow down a little bit here. But yeah, that's that's probably like the most depressing part of being in weed is it's a lot of people who are self-medicating because they can't afford healthcare. Um, and I mean, the positive side is weed is fucking miraculous for a lot of things. So it does actually help people, but it's still very depressing to hear the like, I did this and this and this, and then we ran out of money or it wasn't working or whatever the case. And then, you know, the $20 a weed I buy a week has been enough to like keep me alive and semi-happy. Yeah, it's, uh, you can see why it was criminalized because it's basically the only functional amount of self-treatment that people can really access. Oh, yeah. Like if you have a choice between accessing the Obamacare marketplace online or buying weed from a fucking bodega, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a pod, John, but I, I think I know which one is properly <laughs> incentivized by our, our current economic healthcare superstructure. Yep. But yeah, that's probably the, the the most depressing part of working in cannabis. The rest of it's great though. It's um so yeah, uh, I am in Massachusetts now. Um I might be back in New York now that it's legal at some point in the not terribly distant future or another legal state. I'd love to get out of the fucking northeast. Um we'll we'll see, which I got to say the northeast is probably my least favorite region of the country outside the Midwest. It fucking sucks. It's Why do you hate it so much? You liked when we were in New England a little bit, right? Although it's extremely old, like like Lovecraftian old money seemed to rub you the wrong way. But you did like walking around in New England. That's my most socialist thing. Moneyed shit does rub me the wrong way. It just I fucking hate it. Um, it's I will say New England is easily the prettiest part because um, I'm I'm nearish Boston, but I'm not like actually in the city, and I don't work in the city i i actually haven't fucking gone into boston at all uh my goal is to never go into the city i don't know if that's possible i just i hate boston so if i can i'm never going i've boston gone to sucks. i don't like times. boston i don't like it yeah i've gone to providence a few times I haven't gone to boston yet and i'm trying to avoid it but i i will say now that i've lived in dc and new york um uh, and then i've popped around you know jersey maryland massachusetts now um, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Like, I feel like I've seen enough breadth of the Northeast to say, like, yeah, no, this shit sucks, Dick. Fuck the Northeast. It's awful. Um, outside the cities, it's not awful. It, it's not the worst thing, but it's the Northeast is also just structured in a way that's so different than the rest of the country because it's the only part of the country I've been in where rural versus urban isn't, doesn't operate the same way it does everywhere else. Um, because most of the rural places, I mean, you still have like upstate, upstate New York, right? Like when you get way up there, when you get to like Syracuse and stuff. Yeah, the Iron Weeds territory. Yeah, exactly. But the the there's a whole river valley. The Hudson River Valley is still wealthy. But so most of that Northeast corridor and like a good probably 50 miles around the corridor, uh, it's not, it never really gets rural. And the the rural areas are just old money. So there's no point at which you're like, oh, okay, well, the city has money and the suburbs have money and the rural areas have money. It's like, well, no wonder you people don't fucking understand how the South works because it does not work like this at all, right? Everywhere else I've lived, even California, and California has a ton of rich people. It's city, suburban, you have some money, but it starts to fall off. You have exurbs. And then it just falls off a fucking cliff. And most of the rural areas are pretty goddamn depressing and they don't really have money. And there's a few small like artsy towns here and there. But by and large... There's no real towns. It's just like a sad Walmart oasis and the people have been left to rot on the vine. 
in most of the country, that's how it works. In the Northeast, there's this tiny little town where there's a ton of moneyed people. And part of it is because they have actual infrastructure so they can get in and out of the city on a commute with a train. And part of it is they've just had money for fucking ever. So it's just a ton of inherited wealth. And this is where it's all located is in the fucking Northeast. And I just can't stand that. Like it just creates a really weird, it's one, it's why the liberalism in the Northeast is so fucking haughty and condescending. Um, Because it's a lot of people coming from, frankly, like beautiful townships where everyone is like white and has money and everybody feels really bad about the environment and we're doing what we can and like, but has no ability to fucking realize how to affect that outside of their little bubble or cares to or can be bothered to give a shit about somebody living in a totally different life elsewhere in the country. Um, And I just don't care for that at all. Like, There's certainly no sense of urgency. No, God, no. Nothing creeps into those places. No, it's, um, it is, and it is, New England is beautiful. I will give it that. Like, I, I get it. Uh, the, the more rural parts of Massachusetts, I'm like, I, I finally understand like half of the Robert Frost poems I never got. Bro, that's what I was going to, yeah. When I went to New Hampshire, I was just like, oh, this is, what's his name? The, I should know this, the, the painter that just does New England, sort of kitschy yeah. New England scenes. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, no, it really does look like that. Like, I know you see it in books as like illustrations in your English lit class or whatever, but no, you can just walk around in that. There really are just trees. I will say the one thing, the one thing I will be doing as a personal gift to myself is ever since I was a kid, uh, there's no fall in Florida, right? I do love fall. That's the main reason I moved to DC genuinely is fall. And because I'm a veteran, so I knew I'd get a job if things went really bad. And the fall is incredible. Uh, no argument. But as a kid, I, I I didn't know what fall looked like. And I was like, oh, it must be so beautiful and magical. And so I would just watch um, Hocus Pocus and be like, that's what fall is. So I will be going to Salem this fall just so I can see it because I'm not that far away. Because I like I'm so far. It is exactly what I thought from various movies and TV shows. So you're going to do the you're going to check out the foliage in the Hocus Pocus town this this fall. That's my plan. Uh, that's the gayest, the positive gayest thing shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. That's in general, I don't want to be in mass. It's just where I get a job. I was trying to go to fucking back to Arizona if I could, or Nevada or California. I like the West. I miss the West. I miss some fucking sunshine. Um, it scares me. Everything about Massachusetts weather terrifies me for this winter. I'm like fucking. <laughs> I'm so concerned about the fact that every building has incredible insulation. That's not a good sign. That means it's really needed in the winter. The yeah. fact that every single person has all-wheel drive, nope, that scares me too. Like all of these things I'm just like this this is not a good sign. The fact that it's been 40 fucking degrees in the summer multiple times. Are you worried that the sort of brutal weather is going to get in the way of your trek to visit every park bench that Rory Gilmore ever sat on in the show? <laughs> she was in Connecticut though, wasn't she? No mess. I am not the person that has these answers. She was in Connecticut and then New Hampshire, I'm pretty sure. Um. I'm going I'm to go to my Twitter soundboard and put in, that, that sounds right. <laughs> no, it just, as you know, I don't handle deep, dark winter well. So getting a deeper, darker winter is concerning. I do have a ready supply of really wonderful weed products. So maybe that'll help. But uh, it's that, that part concerns me. Um, but yeah, I just been in mass uh, doing weed work and then finally getting back into like the weird niche shit. 
or not niche shit, like dude bro stuff where I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched the NBA finals. Let me do that. And that's been nice. NBA finals are fun. NBA playoffs are fun. I've been able to get back into cars again, which I've always liked cars. I'm just too poor to be like an enthusiast because, you know, I can't fucking buy anything. Like, What, what am I going to fucking do? Um, but it's getting into cars right now has been really fun because everything is fucked up. Um, and it's just a really bizarre time in the car world. Like my used car that I've had for years now that I bought after being used for years is worth as much now as when I bought it four years and 30,000 miles ago. So what? That's true on my graphics card too. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Same issue for both, right? There's not enough supply. Is, yeah, people I don't know. Uh, Bitcoin mining needs like a strong GPU, I guess. So uh, for a while, everybody just bought out the graphics card, which is the part of your computer that makes things pretty when you play games. Uh, they were doing all these innovations and no one could actually buy it because people were just buying hundreds at a time and stacking them in you know, a, a cell that vents enough heat to destroy the planet Earth. There is this amazing article on, I think it was Ars Technica a few weeks ago, about um, there's a natural gas power plant in upstate New York and it sits on the edge of like a semi-glacial lake uh, and it is permitted to dump X amount of water at X temperature into the lake, right? Uh, power plant it was bought out by a venture capital firm or yeah, a venture capital firm like five years ago. Nothing really been done with it. Uh, it just provides power to the locals. It doesn't really put that much hot water into the lake because the locals don't need that much power. No big deal. Then they got into Bitcoin mining and now they're dumping so much hot water into the lake, it has raised the temperature and is killing a bunch of shit off. All for Bitcoin mining. And it's releasing, you know, natural gas, once it gets uh, it burnt off, is going to release a bunch of extra fucking things that are going to destroy the atmosphere. But that's yeah, sick. All, all for Bitcoin mining. That is such a perfect encapsulation of why, like, high finance is evil. Like, that shit. It's incredible. I like the idea that we're destroying the planet and every other species. It used to be that every other species would look at us and go like, I don't understand what they're doing. Like, I don't have the cognitive capacity to understand what they're doing, but these giant apes are like the absolute worst and I should avoid them. And now we've pushed that one level further where even among fellow humans, we can look at like the finance bros and the tech guys and say that same thing, which is like, I don't know. I don't have the cognitive capacity to understand how all this is being destroyed, but God, I fucking hate it. That's bad. We, we've developed a new invisible way of slowly degrading and then destroying our own ecosystem is so in a way that's invisible even to us. Yep. That was one where I was like, that's the probably one of the more consciousness. Blatant. Yeah. That was probably one of the more blatant ones I've seen. Um, I mean, good news is there's a bunch of new electric cars. I do love electric cars. I don't think they're saving the world. Like, I'll, I'll be clear about that. I just love them because, one, I have wanted an electric truck for like 15 fucking years now. I want a small truck like my grandpa and uncles all had when I was a kid, like little Ford Rangers with little Mazdas. And I just want an electric because an electric drivetrain lasts forever. That's all I want. I just like that's the call. Uh, and we're close because the F-150 electric is coming out, which actually, I hate to say this. It does look amazing, though. Um, Why do you hate to say that the F-117 looks <laughs> amazing? The electric F-150? Yeah. Um, 
I just, I don't like them. They're too big. You do though. You just said it looked amazing. They're, they're too, uh, it, it's one of those where like, oh, all the things they, they click, they check the boxes, right? So like the reason to not get a truck is one that super pollutes everything, right? So electric solves that problem. Um, two, you have no real storage because everything's just sitting in a bed of a truck. Uh, electric solves that problem because now you get that front trunk, right? So now you get that plus you get the bed, which fucking rules. Um, and then uh, three is size is the main reason I wouldn't get a modern truck because they're all enormous. F-150 does not solve that. That thing is huge. You are the... I couldn't see a child if they walk in front of your car from like 10 feet in front of your car. That's how big it is. Like, that's just, it's just built to run people down. Like, I don't, that's, I, that's so unnecessary. I don't need that. I respect people who do, but like, it's fucking, I don't need that shit. I just want a little beater. I electric. Wouldn't have put you as a truck guy, but I could see it. I, it's the Florida. I can't help it. All the places you'd be driving it are probably not places you'd want a truck for what it's worth. I mean, now it would be. Yeah. What do you? What are you doing that you need a a drivetrain that lasts forever, Brett? Oh, that's just because I like. I said I like cars, but I'm poor, which means the thing I get into is cars you never have to replace, but that you also don't need. <laughs> Oh, well, that's why I wouldn't get a big truck. A small truck is awesome because, you know, you have Tell all... Tell me right now what you are towing with your drivetrain. It's not for towing. I would just use it for actually being able to haul shit. What are you hauling? Oh, for work? I move equipment around all the time. All I've had right. a box a bunch. Okay. okay. So it would be nice for that. But I don't need a big truck for that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, I just need to get a second or third pallet jack today. Or I need to get like... uh a few larger pieces of machinery or I need to go pick up a few pallets of fucking equipment that's come in. Wouldn't, I mean, that has good utility, but wouldn't you be getting more mileage out of something like a Jeep where just right away people would know you're bisexual? <laughs> there are Jeep trucks. Uh, that's just, Oh, I hate the look of <laughs> look a nice Jeep Wrangler, you know, <laughs> in yellow California, California girls. The new Ford Bronco, wow, that is a beautiful car. I do like it. I'm not going to buy it because, again, I don't have the money for that shit. But I, I like that there's a car out there that you can buy just to stick it to white women. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. All right. And car stuff's been more interesting for the ways in which supply chain is fucked everywhere because cars make it like really clear what's happening. Is it still fucked? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good. Uh it's all like it's kind of complicated, but it's really interesting. I, I can get into it or we can go talk about something else. Uh uh get into it. I just want to make sure we have enough time. I wanna Yeah, yeah, I do, do wanna, Oh all I want to do is uh just hit on Elon and the uh, fucking what's it called? I really want to do the Airbnb, but let's hit on this now. We got 30 minutes. Look, I like I said. Every, everyone wants to talk about labor and you know there was this thing that went around like hey how come your commute is not part how come you're not compensated for that right like you spend an hour and a half you're you would not be doing it but for your professional responsibility to that job so let people punch in and then commute instead of having to commute and then punch in respect people's time and you know that's how i feel about this podcast now is <laughs> you know why why shouldn't I be compensated for sitting back and deciding what thing to talk about? 
<laughs> or, or just, you know what? Maybe I do want 10 minutes to, to talk about electronic vehicles. Uh, this is my version of, uh, what's this? So there's your problem. Yeah. But yeah. I'm the guy on, so there's your problem that just points out what vehicle makes you the most bisexual. You can name any. <laughs> a LeBlanc, bisexual. Next one. I mean, that's a given. <laughs> that's not, that's not difficult. Cutlass Coupe, trans, yes. <laughs> they should. You have to be trans to buy that car. Subaru Baja. Subaru Baja, uh, sapiosexual, God willing, the crumple zones get you before the posters do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so what, why is everything fucked? What about the Airbnb thing? We can do supply chain stuff after. All right, well, I was just going to say, Airbnb, I, I just love, there was an article that you saw too. Um, essentially not much to this Airbnb, as you know, is one of these mega fucking companies that Brett, I, I think you were on the same page here. Uh, like our economy is obviously hollowed out and fucked and they just turned on the spigot to pump as much free money as possible to all the feckless landlords and corporations and people that don't pay any taxes. And just, just, it's a fucking disaster. But our NASDAQ and the irrational confidence in a handful, I'm talking like a dozen companies, Mm -hmm. is why we don't have a crash. I mean, you want to talk about just repeating the same shit. This is the 90s dot-com bubble. A handful of sites that aren't actually profitable that we put all of this free cash into. And as long as that's still going, we have enough confidence to keep Wiley Coyote from looking down and crashing. So like Elon Musk, I fucking love him now because his new thing is he wants to build the Hyperloop. I've been following the Hyperloop. Dumb idea. A tube for cars, right? That's already as dumb as it can get. Like there's, it's not even worth doing the riffs. Yes. You invited us. You invented a subway station. Yeah. That you now turn them into buses. It's on. It's it's prima facie fucking stupid. Oh yeah. Is he doing the Hyperloop or is the, the undergrad one something different? No, I think the Hyperloop is underground and it sits on magnets. No, no, it's a Hyperloop that's going underground. Oh, that's fucking stupid. So Elon Musk, King, I my here's my theory. He decided this week that he was going to bring it to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Where if you if you listed in a spreadsheet and ranked all the different places you could have a hyperloop. Like I kind of get it. LA to Vegas. Fuck it. It's just arid air. You get you got some fucking hills up first, but I get that, right? Connect it. They have high-speed rail. It's the same argument. I, I know. But like, if your argument is this is a good service, this is a good service, and I want people to enjoy the convenience and the experience of, oh, let's go to Vegas. Okay, well, we're going to drink. We'll drive down to the Hyperloop uh, entrance pad. We'll fucking smoke some weed, listen some tunes for like an hour. Then we're in fucking Vegas and we come right back. What a great thing that actually contributes. And if that was what you were doing, you would just, you know, look at the list of places and pick the one that best fit that. What he's done is he hit sort by uh, ascending suitability and went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a place that, for those of you that don't know, it's it's just north of Miami. Sometimes, depending on how much Florida you know, I'll say, like, I'm from Miami. Because uh, Fort Lauderdale used to be part of Miami-Dade County when it was just called Dade County. 
We have the 305 area code. It's basically a satellite, a bigger city than wherever the fuck you're living listening to this. So, <laughs> but it's like the satellite of uh, Miami. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like Miami Fort Lauderdale is this it's like Dallas Fort Worth or yeah, it's just a big city, honestly. There's no dip in between them. It's a metropolis, right? And so so Fort Lauderdale is very wealthy and very poor, right? It's it's income inequality. It's called the Venice of uh the western hemisphere, I I guess, because we have more canals than anywhere in the world. Uh, it's the yachting capital of the world because if you have a yacht, I mean, you can see I'm wearing a fucking Lauderdale dock hat. Like that's a big part of the the industry down there is catering to that because um, there's so many canals, so many docks, so many wharfs. You can park your shit there. Easy access to the Caribbean, the whole Eastern seaboard. Everyone, you look at an overhead, it is just more underwater than Venice. Uh, famously it's water table is like an arm's length down. So you could just with your hand dig at a beach and get to the water very quick, but also there are no basements in South Florida. And I think up to Tampa too, right? There are no basements in Florida all the way up until you get to Tallahassee, which is basically South Georgia. None. Yeah. Because it's a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean like sediment wise. Oh my God. Actually, I want to find... So like in the Tampa yeah, area, it's not the same as in Lauderdale, but in Tampa area, the reason we'll do this, not only is the water table pretty high like that, where you just can't dig that low, but also uh, we have a massive, massive issue with sinkholes in central Florida. So you don't want to risk digging too deep and hitting a sinkhole. Uh, a house across the street from where I grew up just got swallowed three years ago or two years ago. Um, and that just happens. That's just like a normal thing in central Florida. So in central Florida, like there are no basements for many reasons, the water table and because it's mostly like porous limestone and stuff and it just will fucking eat you up. Yeah. I, I just pulled up, I, I told the story on Twitter, the story that it is, but the, the, the limestone base and the fucking Swiss cheese that is Florida sediments, it, it opens sinkholes everywhere. So this is one I told where, um, so an allegedly fun story from Florida that I don't think there's any liability for, uh, at least now, but it's always made me chuckle is my buddy's slumlord got killed or went on the run or some shit. So we just had a rent free house for a long time. Uh, and then one day a sinkhole opened in the backyard. So, uh, cause that will just happen all over fucking Florida. It doesn't take much. Sometimes it starts small. Sometimes it's all at once. Shit just crumbles. So it wasn't much at first, but then it started to open up more and more to the point where it was encroaching on the actual house. So we decided it was time to give up the sweet deal we had, lest we be consumed by earth, uh, literally. So anyway, uh, everyone comes over and we move all the shit into this giant fucking truck that none of us are qualified to drive. Uh, It's like a long trailer. It's kind of tough to back up, but it's okay because my friend uh, has been on LSD for the last month, more or less, without interruption. And he's driving. So if you can navigate the spirit realm, we figure we're good. So we're all there sitting on the front porch with, you know, the couch or the table or whatever that we're moving out of the house. And he's inching the truck back. And he's like, is it good? Is it good? And we're like, no, it's not good, bro. Like I'm holding a, a dining table. Like just let's go. So he, he decides to just floor the truck in reverse. Not like floor, but much fucking quicker than he was going a second ago. 
uh, I guess he's not feathering the throttle well while he's communing with the machine elves and Timothy <laughs> Leary and shit. But so he hits the throttle. It swings back. We leap out of the way. He rams the trailer back onto the porch through the overhang into the front room all the way through the middle of the house, which then collapses over on itself in just a loud wooden heap. <laughs> you know the people involved in this, by the oh, way. Yeah, I yeah. can picture. Yeah. So, so we all look at each other and decide, okay, we're done moving. <laughs> if we can get the truck unstuck from the house, uh, we're getting out of here. And we do eventually, and we drive off. Uh, and it turns out that the sinkhole later just ate the collapsed home entirely. So it was just the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good deals in Florida if you're willing to rent from a ghost and be swallowed by the earth. That's my that's, that was my takeaway from that. That's yeah. how that's how afraid of being underground in Florida. You should be afraid of being above ground in Florida, frankly. Yep. But underground, not fucking good. So Elon looks at his list of suitability and he chose Fort Lauderdale for the fucking hyperloop. That's where he's, you can't have a basement, but you're going to have a fucking tube from Los Olas shopping center to South beach. You're going to, your car is going to come out on the beach. And that's when I realized Elon Musk is cool because it's the dumb or awful thing, right? Brett, like if he was trying to make a product that would help people and have like a use case, he would have done the Vegas thing. If you are essentially a late capitalist, absurdist comedian, then, and you know, you have now internalized through taking fucking peyote and with Jack and being bit by mosquitoes on ayahuasca in Peru or whatever the fuck these psychos do. He's come to a place of understanding of his self and his place in the world that he knows it's irrational confidence that there is no logical reason for his shit-ass company. You think Tesla's dumb? You think it looks embarrassing when he throws a, a rock through the fucking bulletproof window of the Tesla truck? forgot about that. He know, it's called the fucking Cybertruck. He knows it's embarrassing. He knows this is bullshit more than anyone. The people on Something Awful that program the, the guts of the Tesla who are like, bro, this is like, a high schooler working in basic would be overqualified for this. And it's still fucking spaghetti code. This shit is awful. He knows that shit. And he knows that the entire strength, the strategic fucking initiative of the U S security Imperial state is all resting on him and his bullshit pie in the sky, uh, music man con game. As long as he keeps that going, no matter how dumb it looks, the NASDAQ will be safe and we won't collapse into both financial devastation and existential terror at realizing that there's nothing left. We've stripped the copper wires out of our entire fucking system. And so as an act of art, he says, I'm going to build this thing in the place that is aggressively stupid to build it. The one underground, anything at all. If he had said the Hyperloop will go through an active volcano, literally, that is easier to envision than building a Hyperloop in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I cannot brook any other explanation for his behavior. At, and it fits. 
the fucking flamethrower that shoots that has no ability to serve people it just generates hype dogecoin shit what the fuck is going what is he doing but now i get it this is andy kaufman only he's not reading you the great gatsby he's reading you the contradictions of our capitalist system and (laughs) doing it death of the author intentionally or not magnificently he is doing an incredible job they uh it's really just the modern monorail but even dumber because they have one in vegas they replaced the monorail in vegas with one um is there a bus is there a long thing is it automatic no it's a dude and a tesla just drives you down the way and it's not any faster than anything else you're doing right and it's and uh, the Vegas example works because it's like people fly in and they want to go to the strip and then maybe to now to the new football stadium. That's like a very limited distance for tourists. Like it's the ideal setting and it still is fucking terrible. Yeah. No, no. It's like the the political system writ large we're talking about. No human looks at that and doesn't immediately see either a a flaw or B. This is I just wouldn't use this product. This doesn't help anybody. And so. He spends his time dreaming about Mars and seeing how deranged can he be. If you knew, I mean, I'm thinking from my perspective, if I knew that the entire American economic system was resting on people's belief in me as a transformative Tesla-like person, if even the existential hopes of American exceptionalism of like, you know what, it's, it's bad now, but we'll invent carbon scrubbers or our innovation, we'll climate change will be a big thing until it isn't, you know, COVID's a big thing. And then we got the vaccines. We'll do it again. And, you know, we did COVID in a year, maybe climate change takes two because we got so many fucking visionaries and Elon Musk hears that. And then he, he goes, Oh fuck. Okay. How bad could I fucking troll? And they have to let me, (laughs) he's the guy that knows he can't get fired. And it's just like, what if I just come to work dressed like fucking Wario? (laughs) And then he did that. Yep. And people, it moved markets. So now he has to go back and be like, I don't know. What if I, what if I name my child an error code? It just, will, will that make people think I'm a crazy, but there's nothing he can do. I'm ready for him to just be the fucking, I don't know the, not the Banksy. Fuck. What was that crazy? Aeschylus or something. What was the crazy like Greek guy that gave up all his clones or his clones? (laughs) (laughs) Stavros Halkius. That's him. (laughs) Yeah, the dick's bad, but the clones? Joke for nobody. Uh, So can we talk about Airbnb? Yeah. Okay. So Airbnb fucking rules. Um, you used to do couch surfing, which was like the I delight. Diogenes. What's that? Oh, Diogenes. Yes, yeah. just the Diogenes from of late capitalism, shitting in his hand and then selling it as an NFT. Just going like, look at what you've created. But everyone's just like, we got to fund this guy. Get this guy <laughs> a Series C. Diogenes, but everyone around him is so dumb. They try to give him money as he tries to fuck it up. Yeah, it, it's just you're you're walking into the the polis, just nude and covered in shit, going Wah! and people are like, "Now that sir is epic." <laughs> <laughs> just the the a a guy, he's Elon Musk is in Plato's cave, just finger shadowing a dick going into your mouth. 
and everyone's just just like <laughs> my god this is this is everything is your new room on the acropolis sir it's fucking so the airbnb thing in our last bit is there's just an article of course right that airbnb has essentially a security team where they go around and when terrible things happen at airbnbs which they do uh their job is to show up clean everything up as good as they can get it ready for continued profits uh and then get the person to sign an nda and take a bunch of money to never talk about the horrible things that happened in the airbnb and it's yeah it's it's fucking bad real world mr wolf but not for anything cool like crime yeah, just um, that is that is the go-to, right? It, it's <laughs> Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction, but for uh, but for air, but it, it's and it's actual. They have a hold on, they have a former. The security teams of all of the major tech companies are terrifying when you get into the details. Amazon's security team uh, is 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 doing some really horrific shit. Um, they like. They, they hired literal Pinkertons. Yeah. And the Pinkertons are probably the least bad thing about the Amazon security team. I'll put it that way. Like they, they have more money than anyone has ever had when it comes to managing a security force. Right. Like they have a, a fucking r- r- income level or fucking revenue level at which they could hire an entire army if they wanted to. Like, and they're they're doing it all for the purposes and Airbnb's sake of making sure you don't know that people got murdered or assaulted or uh, really weird sex stuff just in general. Yeah. Or just shot a porn here. Yeah. No, a lot of this article, it, it's like the secret police that Airbnb has. I don't know what the title of it is. You could find it, but they will literally like, if something happens, they send Mr. Wolf who just pulls up like, good afternoon. My understanding is you have a bit of a situation here. You have come in or around more or less everything. Is that right? <laughs> It's like, yes, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> now, now uh, I'm going to speak fast. It's not because I don't take this serious. I just know there's a lot of cum that we have to clean up. Now, have you seen any pony or pony paraphernalia around? <laughs> if there's signs of horse stuff, you either got to suck them YouTuber or something called a brony. Neither are good, but one's worse. I don't think <laughs> we're there yet. Now, my understanding is this is a domestic situation. They're maybe under, under the stairs or somewhere in the Airbnb. It's maybe a grandma's old quilt or some textile that has not already been cummed on. Is that the case? <laughs> I'm going to give you a special UV light. I'll only highlight amyl nitrate. I need you to find the trail and then follow it real good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, is there a, a was there a, a sign on the front of this Airbnb that said dead Coomer storage? <laughs> <laughs> Because storing dead coomers is, is Mr. Wolf's business. Uh, no, apparently, so they have the deputy chief of staff for the CIA in this article running the teams. And, and he said in it, uh, I remember thinking I was right back in the thick of it. That came after a paragraph where he was describing covering up a rape. Let me just, what do you mean back in the thick of it? A lot of questions on that one. I'll tell you the best thing about working for the CIA is we keep getting older 
The ages the victims of sexual assault we cover up keep staying the same. <laughs> like, what do you mean you're, this reminds you of being at the CIA covering up horrible crimes that happen in hotel rooms? I guess, and this article makes clear that like, oh yeah, it's all, there are 200,000 safety crew reports a year at Airbnbs. 200,000. Fuck, that is a ton. That's how many, and you don't hear about any of them. I'm thinking a few thousand. That 200,000. So it's 0.1% are safety violations, but they have like 200 million bookings a year. So it, yeah. And they're just like, oh yeah, people are getting murdered, uh, sex crimes, just weird perv shit, you know, uh, uh, hidden camera. I like how... In the article, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, perverts are definitely hiding hidden cameras. Just assume if you find one, though, it's like a game show. We'll give you probably like $50,000. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to rent a bunch of Airbnbs and see what I can and you got, Yeah, come on with like a, the scanner IQ has in Rainbow Six Siege and just EMP pulse <laughs> until you find it. Report it to safe. That's my new business. I'm a professional guy that gets money for pissing and shitting on camera, which I was, of course, in college, but that was a very different dynamic. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like if you if you have a hidden camera and you catch me pissing and shitting and wanking, then and that's what does it for you. You're like the only thing that gets me is a seven foot slav pissing, shitting, and wanking. Then you know what? That's what you like, Mazeltov. I was gonna say if you're not been kind to you and you've earned it. That's that's going to be the new Chris Hansen show. Is him just renting Airbnbs and finding the perverts? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking is so gross. That is something. That's like the first thing I thought. Where I was like, what? "This is always why I've preferred hotel rooms because yeah. the, the whole model for Airbnb is we dodge the regulations, right? Which is less the case now." Um, that hotels deal with. But hotels being regulated means gross shit happens. It's just a lot less because someone outside of the business community is coming in to be like, that's super fucked up. We're going to throw you in jail for that. Airbnb, there's none of that. Yeah, I I appreciate it. It's not like hotels are a fucking wonderfully oh, they're not. Uh, regulated industry. But at least I don't need a Mr. Wolf to fucking come in after the fact and go like, I see they've set creamer out. That's a rookie mistake. Uh, some perps will come in here and jerk off into the creamer. No one knows why they do it. Uh, this is the Airbnb experience. Here's seventy five thousand. That's the like. I was gonna say that's the first thing I thought. No, that was not the first thing I fucking thought about. But, so, uh, uh, what's it? Chris Saka or whatever is that his name or is that the guy that wrote for? Yeah, Chris Saka is a big venture capitalist, and he said years ago, like a decade ago, when he got pitched by Airbnb. Uh, the article says he pulled them aside and said, quote, guys, this is super dangerous. Somebody's going to get raped or murdered and the blood is going to be on your hands. He didn't invest. Uh, the article ends, by the way, with him, Chris, again, circling back and going, quote, you know, I let the worst case keep me from seeing the likely case. Every platform will have some bad actors, but most humans are good people. Airbnb knew that and I didn't listen. So he covering it up better than you thought yeah so he essentially he had the obvious it's not fucking complex like dumb and awful thing where he's like well that's a dumb idea like that's so essentially you're just giving spaces unregulated that anyone can pay enter and leave and the keys will all just be wild and no account nothing no one's even there there's no staff or anything yeah that's terrible 
And he thought it was too dumb to invest. And now, a decade later, he realizes that, no, no, it was just awful enough to make money and he didn't do it. So yeah, that- it's him recognizing that like there's no reason this business should have made as much money as it has uh, other than the economy has gone insane right and these tech firms that don't actually make money the second wave of tech firms that don't actually make money are still alive that's him just being like damn i could have made a fucking killing on this shit yeah he realized that actually there was an awful business model that worked which as you say is coming in high speed low drag evading the the regulations in the town spending hard getting locked in and then taking everything that bad that happens and keeping it out of the media. Yeah. So, so to read some of these, team members have the autonomy to spend whatever it takes to make a victim feel supported, including paying for flights, accommodation, food, counseling, health costs, and sexually transmitted disease testing for rape survivors. A former agent who was at Airbnb for five years describes how the approach uh, was shooting the money cannon. The team has relocated guests to hotel rooms 10 times their cost, paid round-the-world vacations, even signed checks for dog counseling sessions. We go the extra mile to ensure anyone impacted on our platform is taken care of. Uh, We don't really worry about the brand and image component. That stuff will take care of itself as as long as you do the right thing. Every single one of these people signs an NDA because you gave them so much money. That's what they mean by money cannon is they just keep making the money go up until that NDA gets signed. So nobody goes out in public with the shit. Until 2017, insiders say every agreement came with a non-disclosure clause that barred the recipient from talking about what happened, making further requests for money or or bar them from talking about what happened, making further requests for money or suing the company. That ended when Me Too showed how NDAs were being used to shield high-profile individuals and companies from fallout over allegations of misconduct. Airbnb replaced the NDA section of its payout agreement with a narrower clause that says recipients can't discuss the terms of their settlement or imply that it's an admission of wrongdoing accepting it. It's the same thing. Former safety agents also describe tension with the trust side of the department, whose job is to develop policies to prevent bad things from happening, whether it's bedbugs, loaded guns, or kidnappings. Safety agents, who clean up only after disaster strikes, say they felt like the unloved side of the department. There was also tension between safety and sales teams about professional hosts who manage multiple properties and whose removal from the platform for a safety violation could cost Airbnb hundreds of listings. So it's the old creepy versus profitable axis, just business 101. I had wondered if those super hosts had like an enormous amount of power because they had so many properties. And yes, I mean, they're a little mini landlords, basically. Um, So it's interesting that they're actually like co-towing to that. That doesn't surprise me. Fuck you, Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, I'll wrap here. It's all just the stuff you'd expect. Like whatever happens, someone comes in, NDA you up and give you money. Uh, there's, you know, like the police, they're not preventing anything. It doesn't, in their case, make, it would be uh, ne- negligent to their shareholders when you make that the axis of your fucking moral reasoning to mm-hmm. not do everything they could to keep the company alive and investing in preventative where you get no promo and shit's going to happen 200,000 times a year at current rate anyway, first taking all that money and then just paying off the bad actors or paying off uh, to make the problems go away. That's how you sneak in at every city and every state, uh, get it locked in, and then don't have to worry about it. 
Uh, the hardest part of the job, former agents say at Airbnb, was making peace with their role in keeping cases quiet and ensuring that victims and their families didn't blame the company. Sometimes they were told to prioritize less traumatic situations involving reality TV stars and other big social media followings, which they say made them uncomfortable. Oh, did it? The Airbnb spokesman says that all safety incidents are treated, uh, quote, appropriately and consistently. Sure they are. I just, I love the idea that, like, I, I am I am currently in Japanese bondage ropes being suspended from the fucking shit-ass seller Airbnb that I booked for the evening because I'm too tired to drive any longer tonight. And some guy in a fucking uh, saw pig mask is dripping hot wax over my fucking... Uh, back and balls and butt and I'm really into it and and he's giving me commands and I'm following along so I just realized that this took a turn <laughs> I, I was originally painting like a, a terrible scenario and then I was like alright but he's kind of tender and I know that aftercare isn't that bad <laughs> it really makes me feel, feel like I'm possessed you know uh, but no so I'm I'm being held by the saw guy and I managed to use my tongue to, to dial Airbnb's uh, customer safety uh, response team and I can't get help because they sent the wolf out to Jake Flores who's having a panic attack while watching YouTube <laughs> it's like buddy should have had more Twitter followers if you wanted if you wanted the wolf to show you all the places you can hide come uh, get those numbers up I I'm not shocked the whole point of the security team isn't to resolve the issue it's to make it go away Right. Yeah. Airbnb subsequently offered to pay for funerals. Uh, but Danoff says that when some of the families sent bills of more than 30 K, the company started haggling. They don't care anymore because the news cycle has moved on. Uh, Danoff says the only thing that really motivates them is the threat or potential threat of bad PR or a nightmare in the press. Uh, Airbnb says it did pay the funeral bills and Danoff says he's still negotiating his settlement. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, yeah, just in the same way that Amazon is sending the literal Pinkertons to Polish fulfillment centers to unsuccessfully break the Kerwaw code, uh, Airbnb has a covert ops team that is literally uh, led by CIA officers that previously eradicated weddings. So this is something that, Again, it is terrible. We should obviously protect people. This is on paper just a disaster waiting to happen. I think uh, before we end, Brett used to do a couch surfing before all this got financialized, and it was mostly fine. Yeah, I miss couch surfing. Uh, and so, I, I before we go, I want to hear uh, how the fuck did we get here? I mean, I guess it's just uh, capitalist incentives, right? Like we're all in. We're all in the algorithm. It's considered virtuous to deliver for your stakeholders. So this is just of a type with, of course, Amazon could have a private army that they used to defend factories, and that would be completely justified in the media. Oh, as, yeah. That's like a preventing property damage thing. This is where all this is going. The citizen having private security. That already exists in places around the world. You see it in Brazil. In New Orleans, I used to get stopped by uptown security all the time. Because I looked up just a little too haggard, despite being this white, uh, for the uptown neighborhood. So, I mean, I guess this is the way it's going. It's just funny that 
this is where we got from a place that was once like wholesome and sweet, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they had more money than Couchsurfing did because Airbnb launched like six or seven times. He relaunched it because he was just sitting on a pile of cash from his family, of course. Um, and then once they got, once they started catching on at all, people were just more comfortable having a business transaction than Couchsurfing in which there's some sense of you needing to owe something to the other human, like on a, on a personal connection basis, you actually have to interact with them. And like, it was more about interacting with these people in this place than it was just having a space that no one fucked with you. This person is, by making it a transaction as it was, this person is a vector and a venue towards me experiencing more pleasure. They're a battery from which we can make an agreement that I'll let them stay in my place and I will sap from them enough money that I can go be hedonistic uh, and chase pleasure elsewhere. And surfing was about like, oh, I'm staying with this old hippie couple in Kansas on my drive across the country because I don't know anything about Kansas and they seem like delightful people and we hang out all day and they take me to local restaurants and stuff. And it's like, it's a totally different vibe. It was amazing. I loved it. Every place I saw, I think like my worst experience was uh, some dude was at a wedding the whole time because like this girl he had been chasing for years was interested and like took him on a date. And I was just like, good for you, bro. <laughs> like, and yeah, then we nice. talked about it because that's what couch surfing was. Yeah, you're not like, oh, I don't want to be there because I don't want them to ask me if they're allowed to use the air filter or some bull. Like, I hope my tenants don't uh, touch any of my stuff. Yeah. And the flip side, the tenant side is part of it, too, is people don't want to have to talk to them. They just want to be able to rent and walk in and drop their shit off and not interact with people. And that wasn't the point. Couch surfing, the whole point was you're interacting with people the whole time. Well, now we have a more dehumanized version of that. So that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. All right. Anything else before we uh, clock out? No, I think that's all I got. But uh, another reminder on this one. So this is our like first tester of this style. Um, we're going to keep doing this. We'll be on a more regular schedule in August. You guys won't be charged. We won't turn Patreon back on until, what we say? Until August. So you'll guys yeah. this through. There won't be anything for this. I'll put out a message. Uh, and so everybody knows the charges will start going through again in August. So you have time for Patreons if you're like, I fucking hate this. Uh, <laughs> totally fair. You held out until now, so I don't know. Totally but, fair. Uh, <laughs> oh, and not for nothing, uh, I I think what we're going to do on release is dump the video for patrons. Um, you know, so you could watch this. Fuck, we could probably put this out tonight. There's nothing to it, right? Right. And then the actual pod will come out on, you know, during the week, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the fuck. We'll give you the audio version. Um, but if, if you want to see great visual gags, like, like this one, check check this out, Brett. Check it out, check it out. Look, look, this is Stephen Hawking. Wait, how did I do it earlier? <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Man, it's a chair. Polish man, oh, there, no, there it is. There it is. Look, ready, ready. No, uh, uh, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, <laughs> Hassan, <laughs> Steve Jobs, <laughs> Hassan. So yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's something you can only get <laughs> only on the video. Yeah, so you know, turn off your Patreon subscription if this isn't the sort of high caliber content you like. Also, I think probably someone will just rip the video and put the link on YouTube. So really, you could just see it the night of. Someone will steal it. <laughs> it only takes one person, and then you don't have to pay. You could just see this. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
So there's that too. That's, you know, if it's Monday, you're like, I'm at work. The episode doesn't come out till two. Just go to the stolen page. Just watch this bullshit. <laughs> watch. And if someone's like, hey, you doing anything fun and you get caught with this open, it'll just look like you're watching. It'll look like you're in a Zoom meeting with a couple like Midwestern insurance salesmen. <laughs> and I'm like the guy's brother that usually works in the warehouse, but I want to be, I want to be involved in these discussions. I don't know why you always leave me out. And so I'm there too. That'll be the dynamic. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think we hit everything. Is there anything else? Oh, right. yeah. I, will, I will end with my, I, I tease the science joke. So here's my science joke. You ready, Brett? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it's a, uh, a physics lab uh, in MIT and there's a, a new TA there and he, he's got one of those PVC pipes that they use to vent, uh, you know, like the gas when there's a conversion from liquid to gas. And so it's venting off I guess methane in this case, and it, it's you know rushing through, and he takes the PVC off and he puts it on his dick, and so he feels the the exhaust against his dick. It feels good, feels warm, and so he starts fucking that, and then his professor comes in and goes, "Whoa, what the fuck is this? What are you doing in here? That, that you? I saw the critical, the heat levels are rising the whole time you were doing that. I thought that we, it was an anomaly with the software. Did, stop that immediately! And so the the assistant goes, "No, you try it." And so the professor starts fucking it, and it's really warm and nice. And so the assistant gets his own, and they start doing it. And the chair of the physics department comes in and goes this is ridiculous what are you doing and so he starts doing it too but he shoves it up his ass and he it i guess the methane inflates him like a a big balloon and the two other guys start rubbing his belly as they're getting sucked off by the exhaust port and now we've got exhaust ports and mouths and and anuses and somebody from the uh darpa knocks on the door because they've been getting national security alerts about all this and they go, what the fuck are you doing? We've got a particle accelerator here about to go critical. This is like a, a series two level security alert. And everybody stops and they, they put it down and they go, fuck, we forgot about the particle accelerator. And so they go over there and they turn it on and the DARPA guy goes, that's fucking better. And he bends over and he just drops nuts and ass and shoves that particle accelerator. One guy's coming in the particle accelerator, which is then spinning it to 99.9999999% the speed of light, which is shooting it directly out the end into the DARPA guy's ass. He's fucking jerking off. He's nutting and shitting and coming and just spraying like a, the Casimir effect and every... We're doing two slits, but with four holes. And eventually the provost comes in and this he says, this absolutely has to stop. This is not the sort of behavior that's becoming of a, a Cambridge university. This certainly isn't leading anywhere good what on earth could you possibly have to say for yourself? And the, the provost says, well, I think we've just in, invented a new theory. I think we just have a great discovery here. And, and the, uh, the chief goes, well, th- that's great. Well, what, what the hell do you call this, this scientific theory of yours? Uh, and the physicists all together, uh, they say, supersymmetry. Hey. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Yep. Super symmetry.